Crescent Fresh. I am Morgellon, the low-tech mystic. And you... <laughs> well, you, my friends, would be listening to Hacker Public Radio for January 3rd, 2008. Today's topic, Lost Audio from Hacon. Alright, thank y'all for tuning in for another wonderful, gotta use those air quotes, wonderful, <laughs> at least when it's Morgellon doing this, another wonderful episode of Hacker Public Radio. Thank y'all for inviting me into your audio players, and uh, here we go. Today's audio is going to be uh, some pre-recorded audio. Um, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, so instead of doing the original uh, audio I'd planned for, what we're going to do is I'm going to play back some audio from Hakon, which was a, uh, use those air quotes again, it was a computer conference that uh, the Infonomicon Computer Club uh, we put together, we had the uh, fancy idea that it'd be fun to do a computer conference, like out in the middle of the field, like where everybody comes and camps out instead of doing it, like in a hotel. So we, we decided to do a little test run uh, this year in Mississippi, and basically what it boils down to is just a, an excuse for a bunch of a uh, bunch of us to get together and camp out in a beautiful area of Mississippi, uh, drink some beer, and hang out. And kind of just unplug for a couple days and just enjoy one another's company. Uh, it was a really good time. We uh, had overall a good time. Uh, what we're going to do now is I'm going to play some audio of one night. Uh, there was alcohol involved, obviously. But uh, we decided to go on a midnight geocache. So uh, if you're familiar with geocaching, then you know what's up. If you've never heard of geocaching, then you need to be hitting Google right now and typing in geocaching. But basically what geocaching is, is people go out to random locations, either in the woods or in urban environments, and they hide things in uh, little boxes, sometimes camouflaged very covertly, and they put the coordinates of the item up on a little trail or a website and then give you clues and you kinda have to you give a starting point and then you you follow the trails and they vary from uh, cash to cash and it's uh, something fun to do if you've got a GPS receiver uh, it's definitely something to check out uh, if you don't have one and hey be something to uh, look into uh, GPS receivers are getting cheap it would be a good way to uh, get out of the house and have some fun and still not uh, betray the nerd instincts there <laughs> so uh, without any further ado uh, without any further ado please enjoy this audio of uh, myself droops and Fibig trampsing around the woods in the middle of the night in the middle of the Mississippi as I probably say 400 times in this audio clip <laughs> I should like beep that out <laughs> but you guys get to enjoy it um, yeah this was just a little background I guess before we go into it uh, Droops is from Mississippi or was um, and uh, he had a bunch of 
geocaches that he had done in the area, and he had several night geocaches, which meant they were only really applicable to be done at night. They involved using a flashlight and reflectors, and you'll hear more about it. But it was a really good time. So basically, it's the three of us, myself, Troops, Five Big, tramping around in the woods. I grabbed my laptop as we were going uh, down to the geocache. So I here I've got my tablet PC tramping around in the middle of the woods, and uh, it was just kind of it was it was a really fun time. So I hope that comes through in the audio, if nothing else. And um, yeah, if nothing else, I don't know. <laughs> Somebody else will be here tomorrow. <laughs> Good evening, I am Morgellon, and uh, time coordinates right now, local time, it is 11.48 on Friday, November 9th, 2008, and uh, we are currently at Haycon, and I am hoping that I have enough battery left to document a little uh, geocache that we're getting ready to do in uh, the middle of the night, which is involving uh, reflectors and uh we're looking for the reflector as we speak to mark the geocache. Get that tree right behind you. Oh, and, and it's low like a uh, hypo. So we're riding around right now. I'm not sure how much battery life I have. I hope this doesn't die in the middle. But I'd like to do a little, see what we can't find here. Maybe this will be horribly uh, terrible to listen to. Maybe this will be entertaining. But, uh, this is the good stuff that goes on here at uh, Haycon in uh, the middle of Mississippi in the middle of the night. And I uh, hear you thought it'd just be all about penises. <laughs> and it's little dot reflectors. And so we're looking... What color are they? Just white? We're looking for a clear reflector, like a bicycle reflector for our listeners at home, perhaps? Like a thumbtack reflector? Yeah. As we, what's our uh, current velocity? Uh, about 25. 25 miles an hour as we spotlight trees. Gravel road. On a gravel road. And I'm going to pause for the sake of uh, battery life here because we are recording with audacity. And uh, hopefully this isn't clipping too much bouncing around here. I've done it on super low power mode, so we can refine some reflectors or instead of just listening to the gravel, we will be back in just a second. Uh-oh. <coughs> hey guys, uh, we are back and it is uh, currently, just to give a little roster here, it is uh, myself, Morgellon, Droops, and uh, Fibig. And we have successfully located the reflectors. And Droops has located his walking staff. Perhaps he will speak softly, for he always carries a big stick. That's right, Anna. Me running with the laptop. But so here we are in the middle of the night. And these reflectors, to give you an idea of the size of the re reflectors, these... That's one old bottle. 
these look like thumbtacks, basically. So, uh, like a thumbtack that you would yeah. use to uh, to post posters up on your wall. Apparently, not a sports player. But so, uh, as we tromp through the woods in the middle of the night here, in the middle of Mississippi, in the middle of nowhere, what's uh? Why don't you explain a little bit, if you will, about this uh, geocache, what's involved, and uh, motivation behind it. What are what are we doing here, tromping through the woods, looking at reflectors? Okay, geocache. Uh, people hide shit, and they post um, coordinates for such things with their GPS, and they uh, think it's a really cool spot or a really cool hide, and this one's a night cache, which means it's really hard to do during the day. Because of the reflectors, because obviously. The reflectors. <laughs> and uh, when I hid this, I was with my dogs and my wife, and my dogs got down to the bottom of this hill and spooked something, and then we ran through the woods chasing after them, putting reflectors on trees, <laughs> until we got pretty lost, and then we said this is a good spot. So basically, we were living a, a, a wild moment. We traced with, uh, if you will, Hansel and Gretel breadcrumbs. Yeah. And hundreds of people before us have also lived this moment. Excellent. And so do we Do we have a... a t- it was merely, there weren't a lot of... There weren't any night caches in the area, other than the one I hid really far away from town. So I wanted one closer to town for people to um, get to explore. Because I find it really hard to be talking to the woods in the night for no apparent reason. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, a lot of people come out here at night looking for these things. And I hope it doesn't disappoint. And this one has a surprise ending, shall we say. But some people figure out that these guys didn't. <laughs> I wouldn't have. <laughs> Let's see. Now the instructions on this are to follow the reflectors until you get to a big like X marks the spot kind of thing. And mm-hmm. two are definitely not an X. Negative. But from the school that I have a recent college, I know that uh, two points do make a vector. If we can find two other points, maybe right here. <laughs> and to our left, we notice a whole lot more dots. <laughs> So somebody's being sneaky, or the uh, the quarry that was being chased on this particular day was uh. Well, um, in away. hiding this cache, we decided to be a complete jackass, but not tell everyone the whole truth. Whenever <laughs> you see two dots in a tree, that means um. So not only is it chopping through the woods in the middle of the night, but we're also it's like a it's like a little puzzle. Yeah, you, like you, can, you can see one, two, three, four, five, six dots ahead of you. Correct. So in a way, it's just kind of like we're, we're getting to uh, to live life for a few scant moments as if we were, uh, say, our, our favorite uh, hero from uh, The Legend of Zelda, maybe, Mr. Link, <laughs> tromping around the woods in the middle of the night or other uh, such adventures. Mr. Link would definitely be our favorite hero from The Legend of Zelda. Seeing as how there's such a wide selection. <laughs> Oh, there's a good ravine there. There's some briars in it. And some briars. 
Welcome to Mississippi, y'all. Yeah. Welcome to Probably gonna have to take some poison ivy too. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're lucky, that's all you'll take home from Hakon. <laughs> and uh, yeah, because we have quite this little ravine here, and the laptop, we're gonna pass the laptop. Got it. Oh, got it. All right. All right. I'm going to hop using Ninja Power. Into Briars. And, <laughs> oh, it burns! It burns! This is metal metal. There we go. Too bad we can't say the same thing for syphilis. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Hopefully we won't find that. <laughs> Avoid the blue bells. <laughs> just, like just like in Zelda, you know? <laughs> <sighs> oh. Yeah, there. Oh. <laughs> uh, we continue onward. Um, we hit another one really far out of town where it was raining and I got pissed drunk. We had a bottle of Coke and a bottle of Jack and we just traded the whole way there. <laughs> Each taking a sip and then going to the next one. Alright, so here as we come along the trial and we see two dots. So since we've had our little uh, spoiler hint, we know to look for a change of direction. There. Which we see again, which is once again crossing the uh, the big trench. Which is a little more, a little friendlier this time. But it was freezing cold, it's raining. And Sawyer and I went to hide this thing and drunk. And apparently we went in a bunch of circles. <laughs> and in <laughs> <and> reflection. <laughs> so it was a uh, especially mean one because the geocache was actually hidden in a tree suspended from a rope. And in daylight, in pretty much pure sight. But at nighttime, no one's going to be like, oh, what's that hanging from that rope in the tree? And it was a bit of a jackass thing, a bunch of hills up and down, slippery, and uh, a lot of people went out there and couldn't find it, which just made it better. Better for you, and maybe not so better for them, possibly. <laughs> yeah. But we notice here our dots have come to another symbol, which appears to be um, a cross. We've got uh, three vertical... And five horizontal. And we also have a fallen tree with attack in it. The uh, we must update our quest. Had a thumbtack. Hmm. I wonder. Pretty damn well built. Because these are several years old in the woods. Excellent. So this cache has existed for years. It's rusted all around it. With thumbtacks in the same path. So as we uh, as we approach the tree here, with the uh, the cross on it, we notice that uh, 
which is also right next to the road. And uh, there are no obvious reflectors. Yeah, they are. Are they? Oh, there they are. I'm right across the street. Super. Right there. <laughs> there we go. Once again, hence the, uh, the big circles. But uh, so possibly we've discovered flames. another signal that a cross means maybe you're crossing something. Cross. <laughs> Ooh, oh, yeah. We're tromping through the woods here and running into each other. It's the middle of the night and the middle of Mississippi and the middle of the darkness itself. So for our, our listeners at home, while they, I guess, listen to us, if they're still listening, <laughs> listening, well, that static is. yeah, and then and the clipping that that's me carrying around the uh, the the tablet as if it were a pizza pie. I'm trying to. Through the briar infested crap that we are. And, uh, You're pretty brave. Do you have a skin on that tablet? No, I don't. Which which was bringing me to our next point for those. Uh, at home listening if they'd like to play an at home game perhaps we could uh wager which is more crazy the fact that we are in the middle of the woods in uh random mississippi or we are in the woods in the middle of the night with just flashlights or the fact that i'm in the woods in the middle of the night with my laptop just walking around and try not to fall in trenches, and mm-hmm. at least you can't fall into syphilis, right? Okay. Well, I mean, that'd be one hell of a story. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah. <clears throat> Going across another trench here. I'd like to really apologize for, I'm sure, all the clipping that I'm getting. But uh, we've noticed that. Oh, there's our. For a second there, it looked like we lost our path. Not the path, really. But our our di- direction, <laughs> our direction, our vector, because we have both momentum and direction, so we have a vector. Which doesn't necessarily mean we're going anywhere. What? Now the first rule of geocaching is of course to mark where you went into the woods at, like on your GPS, so you can find your way back to your vehicle. Yeah, which which is a good point to uh, bring up that if you're going to take your laptop out into the middle of the woods, you know, it might have been a good idea to bring the GPS receiver, you know, in the middle of the woods, in the middle of the night, in the middle of the briars. Or your friendly Sherpa. Or the friendly Sherpa. Neither of which are present tonight. What am I, buddy? I have shorts on. Oh, we do. Hey, there's a mushroom. And it is a, I don't know, it is not a type of mushroom that grows in the area that I am from, so I'm not familiar with it, as there are many edible and non-edible along with magic. I'm not just talking about magic, but I'm talking more about being able to live off the area that you're passing through. And so if you had to be stuck out in the woods because you got lost with reflectors, could you at least know what to eat that wouldn't kill you? And five big notes is a big cluster. 
You notice any particular shape? It's, yeah. No, it's cluster. Perhaps a cluster fuck. On a stump. Let's see. Do we have a stump? That kind of looks like a cross. Or more of a plus with a dog. There's a bucket. So I can see the reflectors. I hope that's our vehicle. That is our vehicle. Okay. okay, so we have cleverly just walked a... <laughs> however long you've been listening to this, minus a little bit of editing out, uh, us walking in a big circle. So at least geocaching gets us, uh, along with using our creativity, to find the bucket that's right on the ground in front of us. <laughs> we also get a little exercise. Apparently somebody did not hide this thing back to where I had it. So apparently... definitely not my container. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we've had the uh, container possibly upgraded, which is that, that's kind of neat. Somebody's going to come behind the geocache and I don't know. Is that is that oh, a good thing? They, yes. And um, there was probably something wrong with the container, or someone sold the container, or is this the container? Nope. No. So we have. So apparently, someone has replaced the container with a container that's in a container. So they have upgraded. So yes. not only have they enjoyed your cache, but noticed that you know, hey, oh, something's going wrong here. And let's uh, do something, too. One of the positive things about the geocaching community here in Mississippi is they will look after other people's stuff. So as, as uh, we open the, the container, if you will, Fivig, will you explain what you're, what you're seeing there in the, uh, in well, the second bucket? Uh, in the second bucket, you have your basic uh, geocache goodies. Of course, in your Ziploc bag, we have the logbook. And uh, it's like a little uh, a fun... Coin? Or what? Sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, like, and then, of course, uh, on the inside of the container, you have your various trading trinkets. Uh, you've got a little, like, Tupperware thing here. Very small yeah. Tupperware. There might have been container. something in there at one point. Uh, you've got a nice bag clip for the Mississippi Department of Agriculture and, Agriculture and Commerce. And uh, in case you were wondering, Lester Spell Jr. is the commissioner of that. Excellent. And uh, we've got a little key ring here, uh, some cars. Um, we had a cache that was a name plastic container. Yeah. It was one of the oldest caches in the state. And they do a lot of controlled burning around here. And apparently it was found after a controlled burn. Mm-hmm. And the gentleman working for the park service that found it looked into what was going on and actually replaced it with a metal ammo can. And much better than it had been. So not only maintained, but upgraded. But upgraded. Because, I mean, fire kind of melts stuff. Well, let's let's sign this log book. So, yeah, let's let's open this uh, Ziploc bag, which has our well-preserved toy coin and a memo book. And let's uh, let's read through here. It was cash apparently replaced, spring of 2007. And Pushmataha found it. And Webchimp found it. And since it's been replaced, two people have found it. Three people. We have another date. So what are the dates that it's been found uh, on? October so, 20, October 21, and uh, September 2nd. Of this <laughs> Apparently. Year. So all three recent finds after they would replacement have an ink pen. this spring. All right. And there was an ink pen included in the bag. Awesome. So let us... Uh, we record the fact that we have uh, located this geocache uh, writing down who we are 
and that we're date, gentlemen. at Hakon. It is November. Oh, I said that at the beginning of the uh, the broadcast here, but I will verify the 11th. current time coordinates, Nine. space time coordinates. It is now 12:10 on November 10th, 2007. Spectacular. So our sign your name, fellow. Temporal shifting. And that's apparently my geocaching name. <laughs> Try not to have um, the same name in different organizations. Because as we learned earlier, our hero Link, you know, I mean, he, he changed his name up. You know, every game wasn't the same. You got to do something to, to keep it fresh. So, otherwise, uh, Ganon can easily track you down as you're reborn through the many generations of Hyrule. And uh, you don't just write your name if you want to write something inspirational or anything. You're welcome uh, to do such things. Take a moment to... Uh, Inspire the young. Here. Oh, that's kind of convenient to have a truck right there. That that it is. <laughs> as seen as how it was just brought up that uh we didn't have a GPS device and that we could be stranded after walking very far in the woods, following reflectors that are no longer facing the direction that we were walking. So I'm gonna leave a note here in this pad and say uh, Morgellon was here. Take on. A con beta, because this is a beta test of our con. And uh, so alpha was the summer me and you living together. I, I guess so. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So I I don't know what I guess what syphilis is release candidate one. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. And uh, yeah. So we're gonna uh, enjoy. What's something that you die of in Oregon Trail? Oh, uh, syphilis? Can you know syphilis? Dysentery. <laughs> dysentery. Dysentery. Oh, dude. Apparently, always... apparently this one should be called dysentery. Dysentery. <laughs> so, draw a little happy face. And, uh, no thumbs up. And, uh, we're going to replace everything back into the bag. And try to hide it better than we found it. Because apparently it's not supposed to be just laying on the ground. Even yeah. though when it is uh, on the ground and right in front of you, it is still a challenge to find. I really think this tree... <laughs> <laughs> and it was um probably cut up for firewood by somebody. It and looks, uh, it looks like it had a little termite damage though. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely uh. <laughs> well, nothing for steam firewood, but whatever. It's free. It's free. Yeah, and yeah. uh, cash container was probably taken. Metal ammo cans are usually um pretty collectible by the rednecky people. Hmm. All right, let's hide this thing good. How soft is this ground that was at? That was, it was, well, it looks like we can see we, it was buried several leaves, inches. Huh? Yeah, yeah covered with leaves. Yeah. And not to mention that we have the fact of darkness <laughs> yeah. to aid in this uh, endeavor. Exactly. See, and once again, we find ourselves just like Link. We're traveling back and forth between worlds right, of light and dark. Far away from the cache. Yeah. So we placed a uh, a nice log on top of our can and covered everything up with the uh, leaves, which were not taken directly from the area of the can because that would be kind of obvious. So, and we're making it quite more hidden. So not only do you have the darkness, but you have the evil powers, much like Ganon, working against you. Now, too, too, too many sticks is obvious. 
So if, if it's, leaves are good. Leaves are good. Too many sticks looks like you're hiding something under some sticks. So we have a professional tip here. We had a um, cache in a city that apparently was near a park, and some young folks found it and decided to steal it and move it about 20 feet, covered up with stuff, and hide cigars inside of it, still in their individual wrappers, which they apparently didn't know what was going on because they were hiding a metal container in the woods from guys who, for a sport, find metal containers in the woods. So, uh, yeah, it was found pretty quick, and I had a bunch of free cigars. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Would y'all like to find a cemetery? Yeah. So we are, we are now, we have uh, completed our quest for the geocache. Uh, Five Big has successfully re-hidden the cache very skillfully. And... We are now going to go see a cemetery, which kind of makes a little bit more sense in the middle of the night. I, well, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know if anything makes sense at this point. But, uh, you know, lack of sleep makes for fun stuff and hopefully fun listening. So we're going to walk back to the truck and uh, maybe we'll pick back up here if we can locate the cemetery. Uh, if we can find the reflectors. I don't know. Do, do souls have reflectors? I believe they might in some form, one way or another. Maybe, maybe some spirit orbs. I don't know. We don't have any real, uh, real time technology here. But what's the matter? No, 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 just rambling. Watch you, watch yourself. Oh, thank you. As we're driving down the road, and I'm sure we're clipping some more, we're gonna get a little description here of the uh, the cemetery that we're headed towards. Oh. All right. This cemetery, uh, this whole park, is very near a place I used to live. After I quit living there, um, I drove past it on the big highway going home from then on out. And this cemetery is on the USGS maps, and it's several acres large. And I really think they had just there, and they were like, it's in here. <laughs> so it took me a long time to find this thing. And it took a lot of research and noticing the way the land is laid out to figure out where they would build a cemetery. In my mind, building a cemetery on the hillside is really dumb. Right. So the first thing I did was check all the flat land inside that big area they'd marked out. And it wasn't there. So then I went looking around and traipsing up and down, and I had friends come out. And eventually we found where we thought a house had been. So we said, maybe the cemetery is near this house. There used to be a community here. A hundred years ago, there was a post office near here. And uh, there's nothing now, it's just a couple of mobile homes and an old shop. Um, and the cemetery only is found, I've only found two or three tombstones here, but they're cool looking. And uh, it's a nice little walk down this nice, easy walk. Excellent. So, not maybe searching for reflectors? No. Just searching for briars. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks for the drink there, Morgellon. <coughs> no problem. Thanks for the tour. No problem. Hey, no problem, dude. There's a uh, very creative hide 
that damn near impossible to find at night. That I will take y'all to tomorrow. That is the Briar Ant Pit Trip. And, um. Which are all still better than syphilis. Which are all still better than syphilis. The guy that I hit it with, um, I think stole it. <laughs> hey, there's a shotgun in Yeah. Because he got kind of mad at me one day. And the stick that I'm carrying right now, there was one very similar to it, hitting, hidden at this cache at its inception. And I think he wanted it. And um, I think he just went up there and took it and took the cash. Because, as we'll find out tomorrow, no one stumbled upon this <laughs> randomly a week after it was hidden. And I actually found this cemetery at night with a flashlight <coughs> on the way home to see my girlfriend. I just stopped by because I thought it's in my head. I know where it is. And it was exactly where it was. After months of searching. Not constant searching, but a so lot of preparation. Was this just like a, a, a moment of re- revelation? Where you yeah, just I'm sitting in class daydreaming. And I realized, hey. Epiphany. That's where it is. And that's where it was. And we'd actually walked through the area. But we were looking for a much larger cemetery. Um, according to the park lady, it had a gate. And uh, she was referring to a completely different one. Apparently she couldn't read the map that I showed her. I was like, what's this cemetery look like? Where is it? She's like, oh, it's got a big gate. But there's one about the same spot if you turn south off of this road on the left-hand side. Instead of turning north and going left. But you're all, according to the map, you're in the cemetery right now. You've been so since we parked. And uh, we found on the left here what we thought was a house. It's a little way down here. And I've yet to figure out where exactly this road ends up to walk until we couldn't walk anymore. And it just kind of keeps on going like this, and it's a road. <laughs> and this just clearly looks like an old old road for what? I don't know. By its deterioration, what do you think? Like 40s? Okay, across, the, across from this, or across the little gravel road we're on. Mm-hmm. Is a continuation of this road. And see how it's like this bank's really high? Right. This is an old road. Like this is wagons on, on this fucker. And uh, I think this is the road that just continued on to the next town. And now we, you know, drive past it at 65 miles an hour, you know, right over there. And it lays forgotten. But it used to be this road. I mean, the bank's now taller than we are. Alright, we're looking at a bank that's eight feet, nine feet? Yeah. At least in the dark. On both sides. And no reflectors? No reflectors. Well, which, walking in cemeteries in the middle of the night is always fun. Kind of spooky. Kind of spooky. <laughs> I used to be my. You never know what you're going to stumble upon. That is true. And if. I came across some guy that decided he was going to shoot me for trespassing on federal land. Then by damn, I was going to scare the shit out of him as I'm running away.
on the left, and there's a look at it, and it'll say there used to be a building here. So while we're out here walking around and well after midnight in the middle of the night searching for uh, the destinations to old forgotten roads, cemeteries, and stuff like that, one maybe led to the question of not only why you do this, but what what inspires somebody to go out? What what's what's the what draws you to do this? What got you interested in this kind of thing? Yeah. Because it, it's definitely interesting, and we clearly are out along with you sharing in the experience and enjoying it. So, but what, what gets one interested in? Um, student of history, and this is a lot of forgotten history. And I can't really, you know, do a lot of history discovery. You know, just as a college student or now as a self-employed dude. I'm working all the time. But I can do simple things like this. I think we definitely went past it a little bit farther because okay. um, this is history that people don't know that we can find and it's like um, discovering something again which is what history kind of is <laughs> um, there was a lot of cemeteries in south they were destroyed, or the buildings around were destroyed during the Civil War, or the aftermath of the Civil War. Okay, during the day, I think this is it. Well, obviously it's it, I think. Okay. Well, let's see, the tree's been marked. I don't know if that's no. coincidental. Um, if you notice, the bank kind of slopes, like somebody's walked up this a bunch of times. And... During the day, you can see a lot better. The trees are just a little different, like someone had planted them for a purpose. And apparently, somebody's hunting through here. Yeah, we do see it. Let's take a hunting trail, shall we? So, yeah. So, now we find ourselves, once again, on another quest. Possible hunting trail. Possible geocache. Possible uh, vampires. Zombies. Sticks. Yeah, possible sticks. Oh, and we have a cemetery. And we have one, two markers. Three? Yeah, there's that little one. So we have one. It's almost kind of like a small obelisk. It's about uh, three and a half to four feet. About three feet in size on its base. And then... uh. The regular tombstone. Born September 11th, 1861. Civil War started 1861 and died 1909. Good deal. He was a mason, apparently. As we noticed by the symbols on the uh, on the tombstone. And this is the one that is, as I thought from a distance, was shaped like an obelisk. But... It's not an obelisk. This is Violet, the wife of Monroe Stevens, who died August 28, 1905, 63 years old. Gone but not forgotten. And the people that weren't supposed to forget are apparently dead too. But she clearly is not forgotten because we are here. And in some way, 
continues on. And this itty bitty little stone next to it. Initials. Initials. Is this a, an, an M and an A? Um, a it appears. Uh, let's say maybe her granddaughter is this one, and she's buried on top of the old lady. Very popular thing to do. And those are the only two I've ever found, or three. For this, you know, multi acre cemetery. Been all through here during the day and night. <laughs> well, this is definitely very interesting. And uh, very fun. And it's definitely a nice refresher from uh, the rigmarole of everyday life. Um, I used to volunteer for the USGS Mapping Service in the Map Corps, where we would identify things that need to go on maps. Like, the government makes maps of everything, and they are strategic maps, if nothing else. Um, we use a compass to orient where you're going. You need something that's identifiable on the map that you can see. So, like a church or a water tower. Something as a reference point. Yes. To guide you from. And they like to keep these things updated because churches come and go. Churches but dead people come. don't move. Usually. And there's a lot of cemeteries on these things. And I was really <coughs> into the cemetery thing. And I thought, hey, I can get free maps and I can add all these cemeteries to these USGS maps. But apparently, after I got the information, they don't give a shit about cemeteries. Which makes me believe this is not a map of the area. This is a strategic map that if they ever have to take Mississippi, they want to know where the, the high points are. The strategic locations. Yeah. Or where they want to be and not necessarily what the history, what was once here. Which I think if they're going to have a quad map of everything in the United States, they need to have stuff on it. Like they build, they you know put little squares where there's houses. But they can do that with satellites. And I think they should keep track of where cemeteries are. Just important stuff. Um, the old one I used to live in was um, defied, or defiled, because it was one of these hidden old lost cemeteries. And uh, someone stole all the tombstones and built a land development, you know, housing development on top of it. And during the project, they discovered they were building it on top of the graveyard. Fortunately. And then they found all the tombstones dumped in the creek. Huh. Very nearby. And uh, the lady that told me this story, I think, had defiled the guy that had started you know, the land development and she felt had moved all the tombstones. I think she had moved his in the middle of the night because he was dead. Because <laughs> you know, what goes around comes around. And I'm not into desecrating the dead, but if you move somebody's tombstone to be a jackass and make some money, then you don't really deserve to have one. Which also goes back to, you know, I mean, put yourself in some golden rule. You know, do unto others as you would wish done to you. Yeah. She's a one crazy lady. As apparently the three of us are. Yeah. Um, screwed. So is this a Ninja Night School radio episode? No, no, Ninja Night School has long since died. Okay. Leave that died. Uh, 
I'm sure it died. Just if you go back and check the date, as we've uh, we've actually experienced two days in this recording, our uh, temple shifting all at once as we. Uh, this is a sound supernatural. Tour? Yes, this is a supernatural sound tour of uh, the Hakon experience. Well, tomorrow night I will take y'all to a uh, massive abandoned cemetery. It's hell spookier than this little thing. And uh, we'll go around and read all the names. Well, I'm definitely going to have to recharge uh, my laptop battery so that we can uh, share this experience with the listeners. If there are any listeners. Yeah, all this, according to that, in the cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> We've been making pretty good time, clever on you know, flat ground since then. Nice cleared trail. But it is a very old road, which is, it's kind of interesting, and we're walking along, some parts are very soft, much like sand, well-worn, and some some places are more like uh, like an old cracked stone pavement. But you notice we're on a natural ridge. Is that what I'm seeing here? Because it's dark, so I... Well, there's those. But if you go too far on either side, you're going to fall down the hill. Okay. Like that tombstone, or those graveyards were, or that graveyard was on the hill. Which leads me to believe maybe there were more tombstones, and they've either been knocked over or washed away. away. Right. And I've barefoot tramped all through there looking for them, and those are the only three. And the battery died. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed uh, the audio of the uh, midnight rambling in the woods (laughs) and if nothing else well you have a new party game so everybody take a drink anytime i mention mississippi or being in the woods uh double shot for syphilis uh you know you guys build on from there you guys are a creative bunch but (laughs) nothing else thanks for tuning in today for a hacker public radio and stay tuned for another fantastic episode no air quotes needed when it's not me and wonderful episode of Hacker Public Radio coming at you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.